Welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal Harrington and Marianne Riley. Sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of It's Not About You with Jamal and Marianne. And here's your host, Jamal and Marianne. Why, welcome. Hi. Hi. How's everybody going? Excuse my appearance. I look like a like a surgeon or a, a patient i'll leave that for the audience to decide but, you look uh, like you just woke up out of a coffin this is what a hangover looks like <laughs> uh and uh, and uh yes uh welcome guys it is uh january 24th 2020 and uh i mean 2021 i know i kept saying 20 you know, <laughs> it still it still you know feels what? like 2020 doesn't it i <laughs> I keep writing 2020 on my checks. No, um, <laughs> no I keep writing 2020 on my you still write checks. <laughs> I know, That's right? the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, it is 2021, and uh, I, you know what? We have a new president. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? We got a new, we got a, we got a brand spanking Yay. new president who has already put down 30 executive orders, or as I like to call it, unfucking what Trump did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so. Nice. But Where's my $2,000 check? <laughs> you know, I think we're all asking that. You know, we're, we're all asking. You know, I kind of felt like I, I should have just got some chick pregnant just so I could get that extra dough, you know? Just, you know, just, <laughs> Jesus. Not for the sake of love, you know, just just no lover, just praying Dude, to God. You probably find some woman with a kid out there, and you just say, "I'll split it with you if, if I can claim your kid." Yeah, mm. right. Mm. And then it's not for life. <laughs> mm. I kind of like the way you think in there, Terry. Good, and that will that's definitely good. backfire, though, because <laughs> <laughs> you'll be stuck with her and her kid. <laughs> They'd be like, how long have you known this woman? Uh, like 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, no, it, it, it seems like, I don't know, it feels kind of good to be honest with you. I think the thing that kind of bugs me the most about this whole thing is, is the fact that people are still talking about Trump. And I kind of feel like, you know what? We've given him airplay for four years. Uh, I think we need to just try oh, to, he- you know, it's like when you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you don't talk about him. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, he was, I mean, you, you might say something like this. He was an asshole, but the new guy that I'm with, oh, my God, like, he's, 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 a, he's a gentleman, he's special, my parents <laughs> like him, whatever. Like, you don't talk about or, or, or whine or pine on your ex-boyfriend because he's gone. You know, he's not, he's not going to come back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he, but he, look at it this way. You know, we're, we're uh, dealing with an ex that is sort of under indictment, and hopefully we can get him convicted. You know, and he's, right. he's under those he's under those indictments for beating the shit out of all of us for four years. So we can talk about him until he's convicted and then he can go away. Well, the other thing, too, though, is, is that's that trauma therapy. I think that we need to talk about how Trump hurt me here. And, you know, I'm trying to recover from that. And I'm reaching out to other people who were also traumatized by him to try and help that that healing um and what's crazy to me is is that i still see like everybody all of my trumpsters on my my facebook page has been very very quiet and now all of a sudden they they're talking about well they not one of them said shit during the capitol riots none of them said anything and now they're like yeah yeah it was stolen from him it's like you know what and they're talking about how how poor Trump, how he had it the worst as a president. No other president ever had the amount of people going after him that he had. And I'm thinking, have you ever even fucking seen anything in history? Come on now. The guy, I just, I don't know what it is about that person His that he's not articulate. That's what blows me away. If Absolutely. he was articulate, I could be like, yeah, I could see how you could fall for him because he's so articulate, well-spoken, and he knows how to conduct himself. But instead, he says shit like, there were some very good people. There were some good people. Or maybe and, injected and, Clorox. Yeah. 
Right. And then they're trying to say that, like, one of the people was trying to say how he did everything humanly possible to help on this pandemic. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Tell people not to wear a mask. Telling them that, you know, that it was a hoax and that it'll be over just six weeks. Yeah, it's going to disappear. Oh, my God. I just want to ask you that. Go ahead, Todd. I was gonna say, have you guys seen the video that that Colbert like played of the woman crying about like Biden ha- having a new flag instead yes. of the American flag? And it goes, yes. it's Delaware state flag. It's not yeah. a new country flag. It's the state <laughs> flag for Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> he's, kind of re- he's, 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 he's representing home. I mean, it's like know your right? fucking flags first of all. I mean, you know, it's... she was crying too, sobbing even. I I, I, think, I I will say this. I, I we all watched the inauguration, right? And like the, the speeches afterwards. I'm I'm assuming we all did. I thought I watched some of it. I haven't recorded, so I'm gonna go back and re- watch the whole thing later. But I watched some of it. Yeah. First of all, good. I mean, I'm like good call getting Tom Hanks because you know, he, there's nothing he can't do. Tom Hanks is amazing. Um, like I mean, after the inauguration, like the the ceremonies, he was uh, on TV and whatnot, and I, I I missed that part. I had to go back and watch some of it, but I thought, you know, I was watching a lot of the speech, and uh, and um, I was watching some of the speech. And, I mean, a lot of the speeches, and what I felt was, I was like, you know what, he's not just talking to, he's not talking to just the people that voted for him. He's talking to everybody. He's like, if you look at any Trump speech versus a Biden speech, I mean, there's a huge difference, a big difference because you, yeah. what Biden is trying to do is Biden is like, here's the thing. Here's why I feel bad for Biden. First of all, he's not 60. He's not 65. He's not 70. I mean, he's got one term to fix yeah. all of this. You know, he's got one term. God forbid he wants to run for a second term, which I don't think he should. But he's got one term, and he's going to be that one president, the one-term president that basically just fixes – well, I'm not saying he's going to fix everything, but it's at least making an attempt to fix everything that, that, that Trump has done uh, and right. hasn't done. You know, like immigration is the first thing that they're going after. And I was talking to somebody, uh, talking to somebody about that um, where they were talking about, like, travel bans, like uh, – and they were just like, yeah, he's going he's gonna to lift travel bans from certain countries. And I'm like, yeah, what, what's wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? And for the most part, in order for you to travel internationally, you have to have at least a positive uh, COVID test, which I don't think is unreasonable. You know what I'm right. saying? I think that's a great right. idea. I feel, and, you know, and so I just feel like, and I was kind of like skimming through a lot of his, you know, executive orders. And I was just like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, you know, and so I, I just feel that, you know, it's it's going to be basically a, a cleanup job. Right. That, that I think that's all this is going to be. And you know, hopefully, you know, he. I think he'll get a lot of it done. Um, I think he. And on top of that, if you look at his cabinet, I mean, his cabinet is looks like a Benetton ad. I mean, it's people from all walks of life, people of all races. I mean, when was the last time you've seen this many uh, ex- uh, many people included as far as race goes in a cabinet where you know. Meanwhile, you've had, you know, I mean, look at, you know, you know, it's white guy, 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 white girl, white girl, white girl, white girl, white girl, white girl, white girl. Now he's trying to, you know, best person for the job, and he's giving everybody opportunities, and that's what I, and and that's what kind of bugs me when people say, well, Biden is racist. I'm like, well, if Biden is racist, here's his fucking cabinet. You tell me, you tell me where where racism comes in, because yeah, but yeah, but. What about that thing he said back in 1975? I mean, come on. He did say something racist back in the 70s. Okay, you know what? Um, I've said <laughs> stuff about uh, certain races that, uh, that are probably still true, but nonetheless, they weren't out of hate. But people can change. You know, 10, uh, I mean, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, um, I mean, I've, I've had some Facebook posts that I'm still not proud of. But if somebody ever comes at me with it, I'll be like, hey, uh, this was when I was, you know, this age, I was immature then, probably still immature now, but I know the difference between, you know, now and then. You got to allow people to change. And the fact that people are like, well, Biden has said some racist things. And I'm like, okay. And, and you know, maybe he did. But I look at that cabinet right. and I'm just like, hmm, is he doing this to appease every single, 
you know, person of color in the United States, or is he just doing it because he feels that this is the right person for the job? And on top of that, I want to show people that America is not just about, you know, it's not just about right. whites and, and this and that. I want to show that there are some people, and, and again, worst case scenario, you fuck up, you get fired, and that guy ruins it for that race, you know? But nonetheless, you know, if uh, I, 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 I like what I've been seeing as far as his hires, and uh, putting the right people, right people, for the for the job, you know. So yeah, I, I don't I don't see where you know where he's a racist. As a matter of fact, during this whole campaign, I there has not been one inkling of a racist remark, uh, a racist doing. You know, he didn't tell Proud Boys to stand down and stand back and stand down or anything like that. I mean, this guy when he talks is all about peace, and right. that's something that. You don't, you, I have yet to see that in any Trump's campaign uh, speeches or any press conferences. It's always him being mad at the media. It's always him being mad because he's being challenged. It's always him talking about, oh, this person is this. I'm like, dude, like, what, what are your plans for America? Where's that healthcare plan that was so awesome that you talked about that we, you know, that you never really put out there? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like four years this, ago, even. I kind of look at him. Yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of looking at, you know, Trump's as like King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. I'm like, oh, this guy is so arrogant. This is just nothing more than just, you know, a place for him to just chill out until, you know, indictments start raining. And I can't, I really can't wait till you were just talking about that, Terry. I really can't wait till to see what he's going to be indicted for. I can't wait to see what his family is going to be. Because uh, I feel like Melania Trump's going to be the last woman standing. Yeah. I think that they're going to, I think they're all going to turn and it's all going to fall on Jared. I think they're going to make Jared the scapegoat. Yeah. That way he, oh. he's, you know, he's uh, disposable in my opinion in that family. Do you think that oh, really? Melania will get deported? <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody else think Melania when she left, when they got to Florida and the, the, yeah. the whole stuff about how they, the media was trying to interview her and Trump on the after the inauguration. And she, she walked away. <laughs> she walked. She didn't even stop. She didn't even acknowledge them. She walked straight off the tarmac, straight into the waiting limo, and got in and looked well, back at Trump and like, "Bitch, what, what are you waiting for?" Get well, that that's what happens when you lose power. You forget English all of a sudden. Like you go back to your. <laughs> You know, you don't understand English anymore now that, you know, you don't have that power anymore. Uh, I was, uh, somebody said on Facebook that, uh, you know, oh my God. Oh, it was uh, something down the lines that I'm definitely paraphrasing because I feel embarrassed even saying this word for word, but there goes one of the greatest first ladies yeah. United States has ever had. And it was like a sobby face. And I was like, one of the greatest, I was like, you mean behind Jackie O and behind, yeah. you know, Michelle Obama and even behind Laura Bush, even I'll throw her up there. You know, I'm like, I'm like, please. I was like, first of all, uh, I don't, I'll tell you straight off the bat, like, I, and, and, and a lot of these first ladies for the most part in their own right, they're, you know, they're beautiful or whatever, but that's not based on looks. I don't think that I don't want, maybe except for Jackie O in her prime, I don't want to see my first ladies naked at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you should never, like the first lady, it's like, it's all about class. You know, it's, a, it, it, you have yeah. to have a certain level of class. And I think, you know, I thought Laura Bush had class, you know, um, and I, I thought like, you know, um, Michelle Obama, of course, like super classy, you know, Nancy Reagan. And, and yeah, even, even her. First lady, ladies, there's a certain amount of, decorum and respect and dignity that you have to have to be able to pull up that term lady be ladylike you know and that's yes. i've never ever called myself lady why because i just should be rough around the edges that's not who i am you know what there's a special that uh, there's a special spot when you're the first lady there's a lot of people who are looking at you there's a lot of young women who are looking at you on how to what they can achieve and how how to do benefit and if you have to suck an old white dude or an orange Cheetos cock to get into power. There's a problem. I don't want these, I don't want my granddaughters thinking that that's how they have to behave to get into that right. position. 
you know what that's and, and you have to have some there's a legacy that comes with your name as being first lady there's things that right. you have if you love this country there's things that you are doing for this country in that position that you have that nobody else has yeah and i don't see that she's done anything I don't see that she ever did anything. So why these people are saying that was the best first lady? Why? Because you jerked off to her naked picture that makes her the best first lady? Because well, she that, looked good on a poster? And that yeah. she was the classiest first lady. Bullshit. Yeah. I was, I was, like, was, I was My thing classy. is this. My thing is this. Every time I... First of all, she didn't even look like she cared for Trump that much because every time we saw her, they, yeah. it almost looked like that they just got off Air Force One in the middle of a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it almost seemed like she didn't really, it almost seemed like, you know, he would try to grab her hand and she would like pull it away or whatever. But the, fun, the, the like the things that just kind of like bugged me, I'm like, what, what were her accomplishments? She sat on a few boards. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't understand like what her accomplishment is, what a lot of her accomplishments are, are, are were. Um, I mean, like, if I remember correctly, I know she, I mean, like under under her leadership, uh, I know, like I think there was like the be best uh, to raise awareness about opiate abuse and uh, like foster children, um, this and cyberbullying and all that. I mean, every first lady actually, you know, kind of get involved in that. But at the same time, it was just like, what was what what defined your legacy? What was what was what was the one thing that you actually accomplished? And it's just like I. You know, and I, I can't really think of one that really sets her Famous apart. Trump. Like, like, I mean, uh, stand by your man kind of a thing. But at the same time, like, Trump, Trump is a matter of power. Why wouldn't she stand by her man? Like, you know, yeah. put her out on the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I just, I mean, did, what? I'm, I'm still like trying to figure out what, what did she do? I'm racking my brain. You sat on a few boards and you did nothing. Like anybody could sit on a board. No, she decorated the White House for Christmas for four years, and, th- and that never ended up badly, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Well, <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale one was not quite perfect, but, you know. Oh, man. Wasn't the, the, the first one, like, straight out of Tim Burton's, like, Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> well, the ones where they were all red, and they looked like the Handmaid's from The Handmaid's Tale. All I remember is there was like the the trees all looked dead and there was lots of red. <laughs> well, 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 here's the thing: like we were just talking about Nancy Reagan. Nancy Reagan had the "Just Say No" anti-drug campaign. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I think we all remember that. And Michelle Obama helped combat yeah. childhood obesity with the "Let's Move" uh, like foundation. And you know, again, Melania Trump uh, just launched the the "Be Best," aiming at improving child's lives. But at the same time, it's like okay like again I, I the question to me still remains like what have you done yeah like what makes you what what make what made her special again i'm not saying she's a terrible person again she just oh she to- probably is <laughs> <laughs> i have no i mean dude have you have you seen the this the video of her complaining about having to decorate for christmas and i don't know what the big fucking deal is is what she said yeah, yeah. so it's just like okay you know, maybe you shouldn't say these things while cameras are around. You know, if you even if you do believe that. Yeah, that 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 would be you know, yeah, you're right about that for sure. Um, I mean, so from what I'm from from what I gather from what I she is I get here's a here's an accomplishment. She is only the second. Uh, whoops, sorry. She is only the second first lady in American history to be born outside of the United States. Um, only wow. to the other, only, let me see if I'm, uh, the other foreign born first lady was Louisa Catherine Johnson, who was the wife of John Quincy Adams, who was born in England, which makes a lot of sense. Cause that was, you know, way before we were even thought of. So, you know, yeah. so she, 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 she has, you know, history of that. Um, Trump is also, um, Trump is also the only, um, flautist who grew up in a communist country uh, back when Slovenia was part of the Yugoslavia uh, through the money, though money was tight for many people in the small town of uh, Savnica. I don't know if I'm saying it right. 
uh, people who knew Melania um, said that she was very fancy and never wore anything from a store. So she was a, you know, she was a very uh, flashy type of gal. She's always been a prima donna, huh? Yeah. Uh, Trump yeah, is the Melania Trump is the only first lady to be uh, the husband. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep saying Trump, but I, what, I mean, what I really mean is Melania, of course, but Trump is the only first lady to be her husband's third spouse. Donald Trump was previously married to Maria Maples back in 99. I don't know if you guys remember that. And of course, Ivana Trump back in 92. Mm-hmm. Ivana Trump, who, by the way, was very famously known in the movie First Wives Club. That's yes, right. Yes. I do remember that. So movie. she was the one who, in that Take movie, yes. Don't don't get even. Yeah, don't 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 get mad. Get even. Take exactly exactly. And that's um, exactly what she did too. And she's also the only first lady whose first language wasn't English, so it only makes sense that she walked away from you know the the reporters when she landed uh, when they landed in, in Florida. So. Yeah, she probably would have cussed him out in her, in her first know, they, language. She, I mean, we had a new uh, prenup. They signed a new prenup right before he took the White House. So I'd be curious to know what it said. Um, they stay with him until he was no longer in office or, or what? Well, if I was caught having a Jewish girl blow me in the Oval Office, you can't do nothing about it. That's, yeah. And that's just, so, you know, it, is, it would be very interesting to know exactly what that prenup said, because that could be why it's, it's probably that she wasn't allowed to, you know, no matter how bad things got, talk derogatory about him or say anything bad about him. Yep, she couldn't leave him. She couldn't do anything that would negatively impact him while he was in office. Yeah. Here's, and, a, here's, here's another interesting fun fact. Unlike other first ladies, Trump also delayed her move uh, into the White House until five months into her husband's presidency. Um, which I'm kind of like, hmm, I wonder why. Well, they say it was because of Barron being in school. She wanted to wait until he was out of school so that he wasn't changing schools in mid-season, mid-school term. Makes That's sense. But, I mean, it makes sense, but, you know. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. She, she's, she's no Jackie O, but nonetheless, I do feel bad for her because – she had to, I mean, she has to, I mean, you're the husband of one of the most vile people, you know, in the United States, you know, so, you know, I don't really feel sorry for her. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, it's, it's, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, that's your husband. You're going to, you know, you, you hang with a dog with fleas. You're going to get some, you know what I mean? She knew what she was getting into when she married well, I mean, why, oh, yeah. else would, why else would you marry Donald Trump? It's definitely no. not for the looks. He's not a handsome no. fella. No. And it's, not, and it's she, definitely she, not because of his personality. You know she's definitely married him for the money and the power that he had. Well, I don't know if you heard, but when they were talking about the Bidens moving in and everything, you know, uh, they talked about uh, the Trumps had separate bedrooms, which a lot of presidents and their wives have separate bedrooms, but they were talking about they definitely had separate bedrooms. Like he wasn't sneaking into her bedroom from time to time, basically. Yeah, I doubt that happened. Yeah, I haven't had it. I bet you she was sneaking somebody else in, though. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, would you well, guys think? Mean- would you guys think about the inauguration? I thought it was wonderful. I was, I was, I loved the fact that of all the things, um, I thought that Lady Gaga did really well. I thought that JLo did awesome. And I absolutely fucking loved how Garth Brooks walked in wearing jeans and cowboy boots and a hat, right? Totally (laughs) epitome of Garth walks in. And then when he's done, they were trying to like say something and they couldn't because so many people, we're so excited to meet Garth Brooks yeah. <laughs> back off camera that you can see that it was taking up forever and he's trying to get off, uh, you know, get off stage and get out of the way. And everybody's like, ah, it's and hugging him. And yeah. so I thought like, yeah, you know, okay. Yeah. He's, 
y'all are, you know, pretty popular and shit. And yeah, it's the new president. But this is Garth Brooks. Did y'all yeah. for me, Garth? Yeah. <laughs> like if Garth Brooks was on the uh, on the ballot, I'm sure a lot of people would have voted for him then. By the I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I'm, like He's Garth Brooks for president? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'd vote for him. England <laughs> president. I mean, we yeah. had a president that played saxophone, so why not? Yeah. Christian Yearwood as, as the first lady? I could do that. Yeah. I could ah. get behind that. <laughs> I, I'd be okay as, as long as we didn't have to listen to low places during his inauguration. <laughs> you know you would. Um, it no, I wouldn't. It was funny because <laughs> when I was watching it, I was at work. I was on a break um, at work. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> right? And so um, I was watching it, and the other person who's in my office, he's um, he's actually Romanian, uh, and um, so he was sitting over at, on at his desk. He had it live streaming, and I had the the volume on mine. And he saw this guy come down wearing jeans and cowboy, and he's like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "You don't know who Garth Brooks? Everybody on the face of the planet knows who Garth Brooks is. Like he's." He's like, he's a modern Elvis. Like, he's probably even bigger yeah. than Elvis. How do you not know who Garth Brooks is? You know, it's funny that you say that because I was watching Elvis. that um, when, I was, when he came up on the TV and I was like, oh, look at this guy. And like some of my coworkers was just like, who's that? You know, and a couple of Jamaican guys. So they would never know who Garth Brooks I was like, I'm like, oh, that's Garth Brooks. And he was like, who's Garth Brooks? I was like, he's a, he's a big time American country singer. How do you know that? Like, trust me, I'm I'm very I'm very culture. <laughs> I used to live in Texas. I used to, you know, I know a lot of people that listen to the Garth Brooks. But yeah, he's like a big, big country singer, big entertainer. I mean, he's huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually years ago when uh, when he was really, really, really famous. I mean, he was. I mean, he was doing. He did. He did five shows in one week in Seattle. I think it was. It was like late nineties. I was working at Tower, not Tower. I was working at uh, Ticketmaster at the time, and uh, my mom and sister really wanted to see Garth Brooks and wanted to make sure they could get tickets. So I was like, "Well, I could, I could, you know, talk to my boss and you know, whatever else." So I managed to get them tickets, and and then like a day or two before the show, my boss is like, "Hey, we got some comp tickets. Do you want them?" I was like, "I really wasn't planning on going." But my younger sister wants to go. So, yeah, I'll take those. I'll take my little sister to see Garth Brooks. She loves him. Not realizing that I was going to be, like, sitting there for three hours listening to (laughs) that. I don't know. I'm not a country guy. I've never been a country guy. I did this because I wanted to to do something for my little sister. So I sat through the whole show. I got excited once because I think he did a cover of a fucking Aerosmith song. I was like, oh, I know this uh, song. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the, the very last song he plays was Friends in Low Places, and I couldn't get out of the stadium fast enough. Uh, I hate that song. Absolutely hate it. And that go- killed the conversation. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. See, here's the thing, like, the thing is... No, as far- I was going to say, in other words, Todd does not have friends in local places, so he does not get the meaning of that song. <laughs> if you've ever been trolling, slumming, having some cr- cruising bars, and going to oh. bars where you probably shouldn't have been, you don't know the meaning of that song. Come on, Marianne. Have you ever known me to go to a bar? Ever? Nope. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> the but, only time I've ever gone to a bar is to see a live band play or a comedian. I've never gone there just for the ambiance and the beer. Fuck that. Well, as a stand-up comedian, I could I could attest that uh, I I have friends in low places, and for the most part, they're in bars. Yep. Or they're yep. behind the bar serving me. Yes. You know, so it's uh, it's. Yeah, I could, I could relate that. Here's the thing. Uh, even though I know what Garth Brooks look like, um, I don't think I've ever actually heard a Garth Brooks song all the way through. Oh. Like, I, don't, I, I can't even name all the way the through? that he had. Yeah, I, yeah, I, can, I can see that. You know, and, and, and again, like, I'm not a huge country, you know, I'm not a huge country uh, listener. I'm not, a, I'm not big on country music. 
Um, I don't watch the CMA Awards, not because I just feel like it's actually I don't even watch music awards period any, any anymore. Because uh, usually the the real talented people either don't get nominated or they don't win. So I'm just like, eh, it has no effect on me. But I could not name a Garth Brooks song to save my life. So I actually had his song, Shameless, was my song at my wedding when I married my ex-husband. Okay. <laughs> so, so when I listen to that song, it's going to... When I listen to that song, it's going to explain everything about your marriage, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the title alone, man. <laughs> I love you, Mike. And he is amazing energy on stage. I, I absolutely love. I, I, will, I will give him that. The show, what, the, the stage show was amazing. I didn't care for the music, but the stage show was fantastic. Oh, he puts on a good show? Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yes. He's he got a lot of energy. Yeah. It's like a rock show, dude. Straight yeah. up. Pyrotechnics and everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could dig that. Yeah. He's a showman. And if, if nothing else, as an entertainer, to watch some an entertainer of that caliber is amazing because it does yeah. that high energy that just bringing in that like he brought in an entire arena mm, and yeah. got them all just into his show everybody yeah. was was in, yeah. into that and like Todd said even though you're not into his music the entertainer yeah it was a great show I, like you I said I I enjoyed myself as much as I could <laughs> but you know yeah, just it was just like I was there for my little sister, and it was it was entertaining. I was like, okay, this is really cool. If this had better music, this would be like this would be I would be all over this. This is this would be great. I mean, Garth Brooks is not that old actually. He's he's fifty eight. So yeah, you know, he's still. I mean, that's in my opinion, you know, very 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 young. Um, so you know, he he seems like he could still like he still got it. You know, like he yeah. still put out some albums if he wanted to. Oh, yeah. He, and he has put out some stuff, but for the most part, he retired. And it's, the one thing is, though, is that somebody who has that level of energy on stage, it's not as sustainable at our age. And when you start getting out over 50, you know, it's a lot harder to say sustain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you do a massive amounts of drugs before you go out on stage, that's probably not going to be and, a thing. Yeah, and that's just it, though. He was, he was not known for ever doing drugs or anything. But Unless a drilling yeah. shot before you go on stage. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> or, just at, or, or just ask Keith Richards what his secret is. Yeah. <laughs> rum. No, not rum. Something way harder. Probably. Actually, I did hear a cover of Friends in Little Places uh, just a couple of days ago that I really liked. It was like a, a it was it was this guy from I think uh, Norway or Sweden. His name. Uh, if you do if you do a, a, a YouTube search for metal covers by Leo, he does covers of a bunch of different songs. Um, but that was, I was listening to my friend's radio show, and she's like she was teasing me about the friends and low places thing, and I'm like. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm glad I'm listening to your show because I know that you would play that song if it was any other format. And she's like, oh, dude, hold on a second. The next song she started playing was Leo's cover of Friends in Low Places. And it's straight up with a headbanging song. Shredding guitars and growly vocals and everything. But Terry, you, you live in West Texas, which is pretty much nothing but country music. And uh, I mean, it's it's country music, country. What are your top five favorite country uh, artists? Mm. Living or dead? Hmm. Oh, I don't know, because I don't really listen to it. But I guess it would have to be, I mean, Garth would be one of them, because I like some of his music. Um, Wow. I don't know. What kind of uh, music do you listen to generally? Classic rock. Oh, okay. I'm a I'm a '70s kid, so okay, that makes sense. 
That's so he, he probably has he probably has some some Kenny Rogers in his collection though. Probably. Yeah. Maybe maybe some maybe. Chicago maybe some Dolly Chicago. Party. Chicago? Heck yeah. Eagles. <laughs> Eagles. Eagles are Eagles. My, my thing, you know. Um Terry, check this out. I remember uh when they were on they they did their Hell Freezes over tour. I got to go see them. I and did too. The, we were driving down to the Rose uh the Rose Garden in, in Oregon to see them. And on the way down there, me and my sister Heidi got into this huge argument about whether or not the Eagles were country music. I said they were classic rock with a with a bit of like southern rock flair with a handful yeah. of their songs, but yeah. overall they are not country. Right. Yeah. He no. disagreed with me. Yeah. No, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say they were country either. But yeah, I got to see them in Austin on their Hell Freezes nice. So yeah. uh, that was a great show. I saw them here in Seattle the last time. The last time that they were here, Auntie Katrina and I went to go see them. Nice. And it was funny because it was the um, the Doors. Is is that right? Yeah, and and the Eagles, and they were in concert together. Oh no, I'm sorry, the Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers. The Doors. I know the, the Doobie Brothers and the Eagles in concert together, and. We get there. There's no parking anywhere for miles. Oh wow! Except for there's the parking right across the street from them. I pulled in and I'm like, "Do you have any handicap parking left?" And they're like, "Do you have a a placard?" And I whipped it out and there's like, "Yeah, come on in. It's only fifty bucks." Oh, nice. Nice shirt, Terry. Well, before uh, uh, take cameras in, you know, to concerts, the girl that I went with. We dumped everything out of her purse, and I put my 35 millimeter and telephoto lens in the bottom of her purse, and then we dumped everything back in on top of it, including her feminine napkins, so that <laughs> through security, and they wanted to check her purse, they would open up her purse, and those were right on top, and they would just push it on through. So I was able to, t- I don't know if you can see these or not, but I was able to take. All right on. Wow. You know. Oh. Um, so anyway, it was it was pretty cool. That that was a pretty cool concert. <laughs> yeah, it, that was that was one of those concerts. It's like about half, about every other song. It's like, oh shit, I didn't know they did this song. It's funny. Uh, like my brother, uh, me and my brother went to a uh, Rob Zombie Corn uh, concert over in Auburn, in a like outside of Seattle. And I was, I'm, I'm very familiar with who Rob Zombie is. And I only knew like three of his songs, like right off the bat. But when I went to, when we went to the concert, uh, Korn opened up for Rob Zombie and Korn gets off stage and then they unveiled this very elaborate, very elaborate uh, stage setting for Rob Zombie. Yeah. And like the first four of his songs that he played, I was like, in my brother's ear while we're jumping up and down. I know this song. <laughs> I didn't know he's I didn't know he sung this song. My brother's like, yeah, you know, like so, and before yeah. and before I knew it, I knew probably like eight additional Rob Zombie songs. And I'm like, I did not know <laughs> you know, yeah. I felt I felt so old <laughs> and so out of touch. But it was well, like, I- I've I've seen Rob Zombie too. I actually I think the first time I saw him was in '99 when they were on the uh, on the Ozfest tour, and they played uh, they played a handful of the songs off his solo album, but they played mostly White Zombie stuff, oh, which yeah? was his his old band. Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, and the thing is, the one thing that I was impressed about was, I mean, he had so much he has so much energy on stage like he was like a rock version of bruce springsteen like if i could get a chance to watch a bruce springsteen concert oh my god i'm like bruce springsteen still moves around like he's in his 30s or something like he's not he's not slowing down you know what i'm saying it's just but he was moving around and he had like all this techno stuff and i was like oh my god this is probably by far one of the best concerts that i've ever been to and uh it, it was amazing it was so good it was so fucking good yeah we went to uh, a group of us from city hall went to see pink last year or year before i can't remember when. nice okay now, and that that woman can put on a show yeah Her no doubt. 
politics and everything, she has got to be one stout woman in shape. Yeah. All those things. I've met her when I used to work for Good Morning. I met her twice when I used to work for Good Morning America. And uh, she would do like the Good Morning America summer concert tours. Right. And then the other, and then the other time she just came and just did a few songs. And, and I, I like her. She's a nice person. And like her voice, I'm like, she sounds like a dude because she smokes. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. with a voice, you, your job is to, is to sing angelically. But, you know, she smokes and you can tell. And I'm like, oh, come on, Pink. Go. Yeah, it's... Think of the kids. You know? Yeah. But I like her. She's uh, she has a lot of good songs. I mean, yeah. she's really good. I've never seen her concerts before, but I can attest to what you're saying because when she did the summer concert tour, oh my god, it was she was she had all this energy, and I love because the thing is, it's like when you put all that energy out there, your audience is going to give it back to you. That goes with music. Right. That goes with comedy. If you're entertaining a group of people, what you put out there, they're going to give it back to you, and that's the best part of being an entertainer. Yeah, me and Marianne, um, was it 2018 that we went and saw Kiss? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was at the Tacoma that Dome. Was, it was a great show for probably the first 15 minutes, and then it yeah. got really redundant. Uh -oh. And I was yeah, like, it, okay, it, Gene, put your fucking tongue away. Nobody wants to see you. <laughs> but that's the signature that's the signature yo yeah that's, that's yeah. gene simmons he's yeah oh, and you know it was man. really funny that was in the really, 70s what's really <laughs> funny is that i don't know it was probably like 30 minutes in that i realized that they were lip syncing i was like oh shit yeah that explains why this 60 year old man can be running around the stage and not like sound like he's winded oh for our Dude, radio, for, okay, I gotta say, for our radio audience, too bad you can't see this, but Terry just showed us a picture of Gene Simmons on his phone, and he showed us a picture of uh, showed show us that picture again. Uh, Ace Freely, picks. Guitar oh, picks. Ace Freely and Paul Stanley's guitar picks. So they threw them out. You punched the lady in the face just to grab it from the ground, or how? how do you do that? <laughs> Actually, actually, once the concert was over with, I dug through all the <laughs> on the floor because you couldn't catch them all the time. Okay, I so I really wanted a drumstick. Never caught one of those. Okay, I I've caught four drumsticks in my entire life. The the um, Rob Zombie concert that I went to, I grabbed. Uh, I was able to catch a drumstick, and um, the and it was a funny way that I got it. This this poor little girl has been stepping on my foot for the past hour and a half. And I'm just and we're, me and my brother were in the front, and I'm just like this lady is stepping, this girl is stepping on my foot. He's like, "Well, give her the elbow. Pretend you're playing basketball and post up on her or something. Like, come on." I'm like, "Whatever." And then uh, the drummer is starting to throw his guitar sticks, and when the I see the guitar stick in the air, and I put like my elbow, like like this part of my back of my. <laughs> I put it right on her face and then I just like leaned over and I caught it. And my brother, he's always like, I mean, I did her so dirty and I just looked at her like, what? What are you going to do? Yeah. And I put it right in my shorts. I was, I was like, yeah, you see this? You see this? I put it right in my pants. And my brother, and my brother he's, he's like, he's, He's like, man, you're known for like catching drumsticks and all and all kinds of shit. Like, I'm always catching them because, yeah. you know, I guess we're at the right place at the right time. And it was autographed. And yeah, I, I looked at her right in her face, like, you know, it was like, you know, we're in basketball free throw shooting. And I just like, uh, take that. And she could have caught it. I could have been like, oh, here, take the stick. But nope, I ended up selling it like a, a couple of years later. But yeah, it's I I have so much like stuff that I yeah. have like uh, one of my favorite band, the Deftones. I caught like a drumstick from Abe Cunningham, so that's like my prized possession. I'm never selling that. Deftones. So, I yeah. think those guys were at Ozfest '99 as well. I didn't understand why, but they were there. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me because <laughs> they're that good. Well, I mean the the. Ozfest typically is like mostly heavy metal, and I don't know if De Deftones are really considered heavy metal or not, but they were no, there. They've been considered new metal. Or oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're yeah like there was metal. a lot of that uh, at that show that year. 
I used to go to a lot of shows. Uh, back when I back in the early two thousands, I worked for a company called Earthlink. So I had I had oh, I had uh, I had some disposable money with that job. So I would go to shows all the time, and I used to go to a lot of small small venue shows because you got to meet the bands a lot of times when you went to the small venues. Oh yeah, when I was living in Seattle, I mean Seattle's such a great music city as far as when it came to concerts. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I've been to the Showwear Center. I've been to Kia. I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers for the first time at Kia Arena, you know? And, and mind you, Red Hot Chili Peppers have been around for ages. I saw them, uh, I want to say, like, in 2000 and... No, I want to say, like, 2014. Uh, my brother ended up getting tickets, and he was like, hey, you want to go see Red Hot Chili Peppers at Kia Arena? I'm like, I didn't even know you liked Red Hot Chili Peppers, but yeah, I'll go. And we had like seats and we watched them and it, it, it was great. Like Seattle yeah. is one of those cities that I miss going to concerts because they have really cool venues. Yeah. Showbox and Showbox Soto were, were two of my favorite venues. I saw, places. <laughs> I, I saw I, the, the one show that I went to at the Showbox, Showbox Soto was uh, Guar. And I only went to that because I heard they had a great like stage show. I heard the music wasn't all that good, but the stage show was was very theatrical. They yeah. put they put Kiss to shame when it came to that shit because they had some really funny bits. They all dressed up like 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 demonic like alien things from outer yeah. space, and uh, they sprayed liquid all over the all over the audience. They, the whole the whole venue was covered in, in visqueen, dude, because they were going to be basically hosing down the audience, and everybody wore white so they could show off. How much they, how much their clothes got stained by the yeah. uh, the liquid that was sprayed out there. You know that was just their pee because they didn't have a place to pee. <laughs> Dude, if they have that much piss, I would be impressed because there was straight up like a fire hose, man. They save it up, see. <laughs> I hold but, uh, it in barrels. <laughs> although I do, one of the other shows I remember going to was with Marianne as well, which was I believe at the Key Arena was U two. That was actually a pretty oh, good show. That was so good. Yeah. yeah. I they had this. They, they had this really cool thing where uh, if you texted it, uh, one of those short code numbers, they would donate money to a charity or whatever. And they had their their big screen behind the stage, the you know the one that you see in pretty much all their videos that covers the entire back of the stage. It's the the, the biggest TV in the world. It would like all these text messages were popping up with people's names and stuff, and and I thought that was really cool. It was a fun show. It was a fun show. Jeff was so mad. <laughs> My brother Jeff was so pissed that you took me to that show because he is a huge YouTube fan. Huge. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing is, Sarah, is just that I won the tickets, and so like a lot of times. I know. So, uh, if you get a set up ticket, I would run that. He was so mad. Don't even talk to me about it. It was like five o'clock in the morning for some reason. Really early that morning, and they were. uh, I was listening to the radio, and it was. uh, God, I still remember it was Bender from, and he was on Chris One Hundred Six Point One at the time. You know, shout out to them, and he. He was like, okay, well, we got these, you know, the tenth, first person, you know, our caller who wants these tickets can have them. Bing! He's like, your caller number, whatever. You want these tickets? I'm like, hell yeah, I want these tickets. You know, he was playing them. Well, say the phrase that pays. Was like, they were acting like it was no big deal. Oh, really? Yeah, whatever. We have these free tickets. Here you go. <laughs> they were. That's what their attitude was. Yeah, you, just, you know, we'll just give them away at five o'clock in the morning. I was like, hell yeah, I was so lucky I was awake. <laughs> I was excited. I was like, I don't know why I was awake. I remember when you called me, he's like, dude, or maybe you didn't say dude, but you're like, hey, cuz, uh, <laughs> check this out. Do you want to go to a show on Friday? I'm like, sure, why, who? And she's like, you too. I was like, yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> you were so excited. I was like, I like them fine. Yeah, let's go. They were actually really fun to watch, though. They were. Oh, good. they were. They were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, a lot better than I expected. Yeah. Yeah, they were. 
So. And then when what? I found out there were floor seats, they were like, they're floor. And I was like, Todd was like, what seats do we have? And I, I'm like, I don't know. It just says floor. And he goes, you know, we're just standing there. And he goes, dude, I said, I go, so is those bad seats? And he's like, no, those are, he goes, you're right up on the stage, you know? So, and yeah. we were like four people. Yeah, we were maybe 20 feet back from the stage. It was so awesome. Yeah, that part was really cool. And, you know, we elbowed our way up a little bit. I'm like, hang on. Yeah, no, that's GA. We're going in. Dude, that's what people do in GA seats. You don't sit in your actual seat when you have general admission. Oh, hell no. Hell no. (sighs) I can't. When me and my brother and me and my brother and our coworker, we went to the showwear center. They were all standing. Me and my brother, we went to the showwear center to watch uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Um, Mm -hmm. We had seats like way in the back. And me and my brother, we were me and my brother, and my coworkers, we were like, "Yo, do we really want to sit here the whole time?" And we we're like, "No, let's let's we so and just like the Showwear Center, it's kind of like a hockey ring. It's like a um, it's like a minor league hockey arena as well. Yeah. So, so technically, my, my brother was like, "Let's get the fuck on the ice." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." So we climbed over the barrier, and we oh, our, shit. yeah, we climbed over the barrier. We thought we was gonna get caught. We so didn't. Um, <laughs> And then, like, because I remember as we're climbing over the barrier, because he they just started, and we realized that we would be better going up front. And uh, Scott Weiland, he's got like this, uh, he's got this mega horn, and he's singing his first song, and people are chanting, "Don't OD, don't OD." That's great. Me and my brother, we're like, what are they saying? And then I, I put my ear closer to a person that's like shouting and as i'm like i think they're saying don't od i'm like do they know something we don't <laughs> like is of, our... of course fast forward you know <laughs> you end up ODing, but still you know right if he would have listened if he would have listened to the chants at the shower center he would still be alive right now maybe but uh yeah they were chanting don't od and before you know it yeah. um, i don't even think he caught on because he was just singing a song you know he was just singing you know um the, the opening song was uh, Vaseline, actually. And he's singing it off of a megaphone. And they're chanting yeah. OD. And I'm just like, and I, and I felt so That's bad, awesome. Though. Dude, I think one of the one of the funniest things I ever experienced going to a show was at a uh, in a venue called, uh, uh, at the time it was called Graceland, but now it's called El Corazon. It was oh. the original off-ramp. I know where that, I know what that is. And uh, it was a band called Apocalyptica, which these are, it's uh, four cellos and a drummer. On their first tour, their first album even, was uh, was all Metallica covers. So the, so it's just these, uh, it's an, essentially it's a classical music, but with like Metallica's music. So we did this show figuring there's going to be a bunch of metalheads, and there was, but there was also a bunch of people who looked like they probably belonged at the Fifth Avenue Theater. <laughs> so, oh, ha, 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 ha. And so, like, about a song and a half in, uh, a mosh pit kind of starts in front of the stage. People, like, slamming into each other. And this guy looks at me and goes, oh, my God, will you guys knock it off? I'm trying to enjoy the show. I'm like, dude, you're at a metal show. Get used to it. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, oh yeah, Larry King and Hank Aaron. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, you would have thought that uh, this was the beginning of uh, 1999, actually. They always say deaths come in three. So keeping my fingers crossed for... Uh... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Betty White held on to Betty. She just turned 99. So- yeah, she just turned ninety nine. Oh my God! Mer- uh, happy Happy birthday to her! Holy oh, shit! And also, also, um, speaking speaking of uh, people at ninety, James Earl Jones is at ninety now. Also, so oh damn, you know he's he he's he's uh there. So it's funny. Somebody uh, said to me like, "Oh my God, Larry King passed." It was like, man, somebody must have deal must have made a deal with the devil or something. And I was like, no, you're thinking about Betty White. Like she made a deal with the devil. <laughs> she's she's still around she's still around and kicking um i mean if you had like a celebrity death pool i would not have even put larry king on you know on that i figured he would have still had at least five more years to go um 
but yeah, yeah Larry King, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, Larry King is what I, I would say was a big, big part of you know, uh, United American journalism. You know, because he's been doing this for what sixty some odd years now. Yes. Yeah. A long time. Sixty years. I ago, should, I thought he died years ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, uh, he was. He, um, they they said he was hospital. They said he was hospital. Whoops, sorry. He was a uh, that they said he's uh, according to CNN he had been hospitalized with COVID in December. So um, the 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 weird thing is the 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 cause of his death. We still don't know how he died yet. You know. Old um, age. This, <laughs> right. I, I mean, I would go with that. I was. I. I would rather have that than COVID on my birth certificate. I mean, on my death certificate. Um. But they said that he has been battling a, a lot of health problems with, you know, several heart attacks. Um. Like, uh, I was watching CNN and they said that in 1987 he went like a quintuple bypass surgery. You know oh what I'm my saying? god. So I mean, 1987. I was six years old then. You know what I'm saying? So he's always had uh he's always had like these problems. Uh you know, always had these health problems, but he always seemed to like come through in the clutch though. You know what I'm saying? Like he's interviewed thousands of uh, of uh he's interviewed thousands of people. Um, right. saying, uh his taping. I mean he retired in two thousand ten and uh that he had um had taping of more than six thousand episodes of his show. So he was you know the king of the media. You know, king of interviews. Right. I've always liked his interviews, though, man. Because he, always, I mean, one thing that I liked about him he is he was also looking at divorces. Well, yeah. I mean, well, when you're 80 something years old, I mean, Jesus Christ, you're gonna go through. You're gonna have some kind of, uh, you know, you know, mortality rate with like your wives. <laughs> I don't know. I, as far as B- Betty White goes, I, I was shocked that she was that old. I didn't think she was that old. Um, some some of the best things I've ever seen her do. She was on the William Shatner roast on Comedy Central. If you've never watched it, watch it for her. For anything else, just for her, because she is some of the funniest stuff on that roast. Okay. And I put it. I put a quote that she said. She's been attributed to saying this. I put this quote in into the Facebook Messenger. She says, why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you want to be tough, grow a vagina. Those can take a pounding. Ah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. fucking Betty White. And, and, and the funny thing about that is, I, I think since then I stopped calling people pussies because that just sounds like a compliment now. Like, right? like pussy. Oh, you mean stop being, stop being strong is what you're telling me? You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, stop. So what is- Larry King, Larry King, real quick, Larry King, this guy, besides being the broadcaster, besides doing his show, Larry King Live, for 25 years, besides being the the, the icon that he was for broadcasting, he was also known for all of his marriages and divorces. This was one of those things, um, he was married eight times to seven different women in his lifetime. Which is why he didn't. He only made it to eighty-seven, and Betty made it to ninety-nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so his first marriage, he was only eighteen, and one was a math teacher, another was a Playboy bunny. Um, he once said he never cheated on any of them, though some of his exes disagreed, and at least one stepped out on him several times herself. He said, I, "I got married a lot once." He once said, "But in my head, I'm not a marrying guy. When I grew up." Nobody lived together. If you fell in love, you got married. And so I married the ones that I loved. But what I loved at 20 is not what I loved at 30. And what I loved at 30 is not what I loved at 40. That is a fact. That I mean, that's that's just a fact. Um, but yeah, he, and I remember, because he was one of the ones that, Larry King was probably the king, he was the, the inventor of the prenup, you know, because huh. of all of his divorces and, and all the things that he lost in those divorces, I think he finally said enough is enough. Probably him and Jimmy uh, Johnny Carson yeah. got together and said, "We need to do something to protect our ass." I think I think him and Johnny Carson should have been like, "Hey, if we're at our fifth divorce and we haven't met anybody, uh, we should marry." 
exactly. <laughs> like we should yeah. just be like the old couple, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just now, I, I, I'm now learning that uh, his, his given name, his birth name was uh, Lawrence Harvey Zeiger or Zeiger. So he was raised by uh, two Jewish immigrants uh, in Brooklyn, New York. He's, he's a Brooklyn guy, so I, I, I give him props for that. Um, his his, his uh, mother, Janine, uh, was from Lithuania and his father, uh, Edward, is from, is from the Ukraine. Uh, oh wow! His yeah, his dad. His dad died of a heart attack when he was ten. So a memory of a memory king mostly quote unquote blocked out. Uh, according to this, he left uh, left to raise King and his younger brother uh, Jenny Z Zeiger, and was forced to go on welfare to support her children until her until the death had profound effect on King and his mother. So King kind of started from the bottom and worked his way up to the top, you know. Um, he grew up in Brooklyn, a Dodgers fan, um, continued to support the team until they moved to Los Angeles because, you know, nothing good comes out of LA. But a uh, huge baseball, huge baseball fan. Um, he, King's career in the media began in 1957 when he took a job as a disc jockey at W-A-H-R-A-M in Miami, um, it was when he made the decision to drop his surname. So he went, uh, went, went by King afterwards. Um, right. There was no time to think about, there was no time to think about whether this was a good or bad uh, or what my mother would say. I was going on the air in five minutes uh, he, that he writes in a biography. Um, the Miami Herald spread. The Miami Herald was spread out on his desk, face up, with full page ads of King's wholesale liquors. Um, general manager uh, looked down and said, "King, how about Larry King?" So he kind of he Kaiser Soze'd his 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 stage name. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, like, that's awesome. Then it goes down to some of his marriages from 61 to 63. That's two years, folks, if you're keeping up with math. He was married to Aileen Atkins, whom he married again in 67 and 71. Um, before they remarried, um, King tied the knot with uh, Mickey Sutphin in 64, before they got divorced in 66. So right there, between 61... And 71, he was married three times. Twice to the wow. same lady. Um, he had two more divorces with Sharon, with Sharon Lepore, uh, whom he was married to from 76 to 82. Okay, well, there's at least some sort of a lengthy marriage. And then, of course, Julie Alexander, whom he married from 89 to 92, before marrying his seventh wife, Sean. Oh, my Sullivan. God. Um. And then uh, in, 19, in 1997 and UCLA um, Medical Center, as he was about to undergo cardiac surgery, King filed for divorce from Southwick in 1999, citing irreconcilable, what's that word? Irreconcilable differences. That's uh, the word. You got it. There we go. Sound yeah, it out, Jamal. Life. Sound it out. Use, use my words. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but nonetheless, what? this guy was this guy was a trooper. Nonetheless, I mean, yeah. Hey, hey, also, the other thing you 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 put in the chat room is 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 about uh, Chappelle. Is he doing okay? Um, he hasn't returned any of my tweets or phone calls or texts, but I'm assuming he's doing okay. Uh, according to his <laughs> spokeswoman, <laughs> this is journalism at its best, folks. Deal with it. Um. Chappelle actually is quarantining. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get the word on it. He was supposed to do a show in Austin, and uh, at an amphitheater in Austin with uh with Joe Rogan, and uh, Joe, uh, the it, uh, that sounds like a really good lineup. First of all, yeah, Joe Rogan, then Dave Chappelle. Um, that sounds great, but um, he he got he got the COVID, um. And uh, right now, from what I'm understanding, is that he's quarantining now. The show got canceled, 
So uh, I don't know if it's going to get rescheduled or not, but you know, uh, that just, that just, you know, that's the thing that worries me uh, when it comes to, you know, these times, all these shows that have to be canceled because of, you know, state's mandates on gatherings. But of course it's like, you're doing a show at an amphitheater and you can't even do it because you got COVID. So yeah, uh, I think you'll pull back. He'll come through and whatnot. I, I mean, right. I think uh, he'll be fine. But then when I when I when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" And then when I'm reading about it, I'm like, "Oh, you had shows too. You had one job to do, and that's to not catch COVID, so you can please the people of Austin, Texas." You know what I'm saying? Joe Rogan could have used that money. I'm kidding. Joe Rogan is is fine financially, but I'm sure Dude, Joe Rogan didn't Joe Rogan just sell his show to Spotify? Money. Oh, did he? I think so. Yeah, he he's a uh, he his his podcast is exclusively on Spotify. I guess. Well, well good for him. I I, yeah. I I I love Joe Rogan. I saw him at the Moore Theater uh, some years back, and he took pictures of with everybody who lined up to take pictures with him. And uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show uh, News Radio back in the early nineties. Uh, yeah, one, one of my favorite shows. And I walk over and I'm about to take my picture with him. And I was like, hey, man, loved you in news radio. And he looked at me like, you know, I haven't heard anybody say that in a long fucking time. I'm like, dude, I love that show. And it's one of my favorite shows of all. It's one of my favorite sitcoms, like top five favorite sitcoms. Such I was like, dude, I know who you are. And he was like, come here, man. And he takes this picture with me. And he's such a. Thanks for tuning into another episode of. It's Not About You with Jamal and Marianne. Be sure to check them out on Facebook at Not About You Pod. That's N O T A B O U T, the letter U P O D.